Hello, and welcome to the Groovy Writer Podcast, where we explore how to find your writing groove, regardless of your circumstances. I'm your host, author and MFA instructor, Nicole McGinnis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Before I forget, I want to remind you to stick around at the end of this episode for a new closing segment I'm calling The Daily Groove. This is a quote or a snippet of conversation or an insight, something that has helped me to find my own writing groove, and my hope is that it will be one more thing that helps you find yours as well. After all, that is what The Groovy Writer is all about. Today, I want to talk about a key part of doing just that, of finding one's groove. And that is the all-important topic of writing through transitions. This is something I talk about almost daily with my writing students who range from undergraduates to those writing at the MFA level. It's not at all unusual for students for humans really, let's face it, to have recently gone through or to be currently going through (laughs) some sort of life change. I'm also thinking of introducing a segment starring Rosa the Siamese cat, so perhaps stay tuned for that. I could delete this, but I will probably end up keeping it in editing for this episode. She just shows up when she shows up and comments when she comments. Some of the common changes I see are the big happy ones we all love. Students have a new baby, a new job, a new dedication to a specific academic or creative path of study. And those sorts of changes are pretty much always cause for celebration. Other changes are not always so happy. These can include things such as divorce, health issues, the loss of a loved one. As we all know, that list can unfortunately go on and on. But here's something that anyone who lives long enough will eventually learn, whether we're a writer or not. Life is pretty much all about change. Change is constant, and some periods of change and transition are frankly more intense than others. And regardless of whether we consider a particular change to be good or bad, all periods of transition seem to have a few things in common, specifically for writers. First of all, they challenge our commitment to our writing lives. Second, they give us a chance to reflect on what we're going through or what we've just come through and how we might actually use our experiences in our writing someday. Third, They provide opportunities to refine ourselves as writers and also to refine our vision of how we want our writing lives to be going forward. I've spoken about this a little bit in a previous episode, this idea of refining our vision for our writing lives, our writing groove. But I'm going to speak a little bit differently about it today. Most writers I know, as I said, have been through at least one phase of major life change that has really tested their determination to keep writing. Most writers I know have been through at least one phase of major life change that has frankly tested their determination to write. Writing, after all, takes time, energy, and intention. I remember when 
my firstborn was still a baby, money was a bit tight, and the query letters I'd been sending out to agents had not succeeded in landing me an agent to represent my work. Still, I was hanging in there with the writing, if only sort of by the skin of my teeth. When a close family member then had a major, really scary health issue, though, I remember thinking, that's it. I really don't think I can do this anymore. Fortunately, after some time had passed and things eased up a bit, I gradually found my footing again. I recommitted myself to writing, to querying agents, and a couple of years later, some of those agents did offer representation. The intense period of change I experienced a few years earlier had seriously tested my commitment to being a writer, and up to that point, that had been a major part of my identity, my plans for my future. So it just goes to show how a period of intense transition can put that in jeopardy. For humans in general, going through a time of change really does give us an opportunity, especially I think once we're out of the scariest part of the woods, or we have moments of clarity and maybe some calm and peace, gives us that opportunity to reflect on the situation at hand. Writers in particular, though, really can take this opportunity a step further. We can choose to see the things we're going through, whether we consider them, again, to be good changes or not, as grist for the mill, material that can be used in some way in our writing moving forward. While I'm not a memoirist, I do know for a fact that things I've personally experienced during times of intense change have absolutely made it into my books. Maybe not in a literal sense, but in some changed way. And that wouldn't have happened if I had stopped writing during those times, at least not if I'd stopped writing permanently. I actually did stop writing for a while during the time I mentioned a minute ago. I had a lot on my plate at the time, and life was legitimately pretty overwhelming. As a new mom and a concerned family member, I was exhausted. I was exhausted physically, emotionally, and creatively. So I did take a little time away, but eventually I was able to get back to it. And here, dear listeners, is where I insert a major caveat. I do think it's important to set what I call some self-care ground rules for ourselves. Look, if we're going through something especially intense, a job change, for instance, or a move, or a divorce, or a major health issue, then it really is probably a good idea to allow for days when we're just not up to normal levels of creative output. Please allow yourself to take those mental, physical, emotional, and psychological health days really on an as-needed basis for however long they're needed. Doing so will benefit not only your health, but I really believe the writing as well. Getting back to this idea of using our own personal experiences as future grist for the writing mill, I think of the great short story writer and poet Raymond Carver. In the last major interview he did before his death in 1988, Carver told interviewer Michael Schumacher, quote, There are significant moments in everyone's day that can make literature. That's what you ought to write about, unquote. Now, I don't necessarily see this as literal advice, though, again, it may be so for memoirists, personal essay writers, etc., to literally use those significant moments in daily life. But I do know from experience that there can be a certain weight, a sort of spirit even, 
to certain everyday moments that do turn out to be significant in some way when we look back on them, either a short time later or farther on into the future with that sort of 2020 vision that distance in time seemed to provide to those sorts of situations. These weighty everyday moments might be especially plentiful when we're going through a time of transition, when everything's upside down and topsy-turvy, and we might be having a hard time getting our bearings. You know those times when we're not seeing light at the end of the tunnel, and frankly, that might be a good thing because as far as we know, that light could be from an oncoming train. We've all been there. The key, of course, to capturing those moments is to be able to, frankly, keep our wits about us enough to not only notice them in the first place when they happen, but to also have the presence of mind to jot them down on a napkin, in a Word document, in a notes app on our phone or a voice recorder app. And I do, by the way, encourage writers to always keep some sort of method immediately handy for jotting down notes, insights, turns of phrase, a snippet of a conversation that you hear. And that's definitely the case with these more significant daily moments. I have absolutely experienced the writer's privilege, and I do consider it a fairly profound privilege, of looking back on a significant moment of joy or pain or confusion and finding a way to channel that experience into something one of my characters is experiencing. And I've done this many times. And as a reader, When I'm immersed in a story or a novel in which a character has an especially genuine depth of experience that it later turns out came from the author's own experience, it's a very powerful thing. Those are the types of stories that do tend to have a long-term impact on me. Those are the characters I think about long after I'm done reading that book or that story. When it comes to being refined by change and allowing our vision of our future writing to be refined as well, there is one thing I know for sure. Writing provides a potentially powerful vehicle for doing just that. Again, there's a catch, and the catch is that we need to actually show up for that refining process, which means we need to show up for the writing. We need to show up to consider how we've been changed, assuming this is a transition we have come through, and we need to show up to partake again in the physical act of writing. There really is no getting around that second one. It sounds like a no-brainer, but it can be surprisingly hard to do. Which brings me to a well-known proverbial phrase that many of us have no doubt heard, writers write. Again, sounds like a no-brainer, but it's amazing how many things can start to take priority over the writing, especially, I think, when our lives have been shaken up a bit. This writers write saying can seem like a heartless bit of wisdom when we're untethered and unmotivated to focus on anything but our current turmoil. Fortunately, though, if we can just get to our writing station or apply the seat of our pants to the seat of the chair, which is another very well-known and oft-quoted piece of writing advice, we will typically find that the simple act of writing can actually be very cathartic. I think this is especially true when We're not placing the burden of expectations on the writing for just that moment. Just sitting down, seeing what comes out during these times is really enough. And in my experience, I have often found that there is a certain immediate gratification built into doing that that really is a nice counterbalance to the stress of change and transition. I think of Joan Didion 
who wrote The Year of Magical Thinking in the year following her husband's very sudden and traumatic death. Apparently, she completed it a year and a day after he died, which means she started writing that very, very quickly after witnessing his sudden death. If you have not read The Year of Magical Thinking yet, by the way, I recommend that you do, especially if you are a fan of memoir. Didion is a phenomenal writer, and to me, that book especially is proof that while we might not all be able to write a bestseller, the act of writing in itself can be extremely healing. It can help us distance ourselves a bit from what we're going through or have just gone through. And in that sense, it really can be a healthy, productive escape from daily worries, much healthier, I think, than other types of escapes that humans can be drawn to during times of stress and change. But on a practical level, how do we do it? How do we get back to the writing when we're being pulled away by other things? This is a common question even for writers who aren't currently going through a major period of change. If we stop and think about it, though, we're pretty much always in some sort of transition, even if it means just waking up each morning to be one day older. That's just life. And plenty of writers struggle to get back to the writing on a daily basis without major things happening. So how do we make the writing a constant, especially in a time of major transition, major change, maybe major stress? Well, I think we do it the same way we make other things a non-negotiable constant in our lives. Things like spending time with our family, getting up in the morning and going to work, paying our bills. Writing for many of us really does need at some point to be moved from the optional category in our brain to the essential category. And hopefully we're able to do that before some major change or transition strikes so that it's already kind of set that just like we pay our bills in time of stress, hopefully, the writing is somewhat non-negotiable. Of course, again, I just want to interject here that the exception to that, those days when really it's a self-care issue and we need to just hit the pause button on the writing, knowing that when we can, we will get back to it. I also think it's important to find a way to make the writing one of your major ports in a storm, let's say, your safe haven, your retreat from the harshness of the world or the harshness of what you are currently going through. Do whatever you can. And again, I think it's good to do this in the periods of relative calm to make the writing the refuge you seek out when life does feel chaotic. That takes some thought, some planning, some practice. And in order to do this, you might first need to take a look at how you've been viewing the act of writing up to that point. Has it become a have to in your brain? Has it become another source of pressure? Because you're going to do this and you have this goal and you have to keep writing. If that's the case, and I would argue that it's often the case for writers. And some pressure is good. Some motivation is good. A little cattle prod to get us into the writing chair. But it can turn to a not so great have to. So if you find yourself in this position, here are some questions you might consider asking yourself. I have asked these questions of myself over the years, and I found them helpful to consider. So first of all, how can I change this state of mind? How can I make the writing something I want to do rather than just another obligation? For me, figuring that out meant I needed to really get back to those first 
inclinations I had to become a writer when I really realized this was something I could do. And I was so enthusiastic and it just seemed like a world of wonderful possibility. And I really loved the idea that I would be able to call myself a writer. So I had to get back to that initial enthusiasm and think about even though I'm in a different place in life now, and I know things about how hard writing is that I didn't know back then when I was younger and more idealistic and new at this, there's something about getting back to that spirit of joy and enthusiasm and reconnecting with it that really worked for me. And of course, that's going to look different for everyone. Once you've figured out some answers to these sorts of questions, you can ask yourself, okay, how can the writing become a safe haven when I'm going through a future rough transition, as will likely happen, such as the loss of a person, a pet, a relationship, or a great transition, the birth of a new baby, a new home, a move across country to a great new job? How can I ensure that the writing is a place of comfort for me in those times. It's a retreat and a healthy retreat. Again, in past episodes, I talked about how many of us knew from an early age that we wanted to be writers. So in times of change, revisit that enthusiasm, that first joy you had for writing stories. And I will say too, this is a major bonus. If you have a person or even in some cases, an entire pit crew of people who will support you in this process of reprioritizing the writing and its place in your life. You are fortunate indeed. If you do have a person or people who will help you with this, who you can bounce ideas off of, I encourage you to call upon those people. Have them help you as you recommit to your writing life, regardless of what you're going through or what you've just come through. Talk it out. Get ideas. Have people who will help kindly hold you accountable to the writing so that you are showing up, who will ask you, hey, what are you working on? What did you get written today? Writing group members, friends who are also writers can be really golden here because they get it typically. And if you don't have this kind of support, which is not uncommon, as writers, we can tend to be solitary. We can tend to be private about what we're working on. You're probably then in that case, going to have to call it up from within yourself. This can be a little bit of an intimidating thought, especially during times of transition and change and potential stress. But I do believe that writers are especially equipped to do this. We are especially equipped to be accountable to ourselves, to call up that encouragement for ourselves when it's most needed and when the writing groove is somewhat in jeopardy. And it also might be helpful to remember that while we might sometimes feel very alone in trying to hold on to the writing during life's more difficult transitions, we really are not alone. Many successful writers have successfully fought this battle before us. Many are fighting it with us in the moment that we are going through it, and many will do so in the future. In short, writer friends, we've got this. And now it's time for the Daily Groove. Today's Daily Groove comes to us via the great sci-fi author. I know I'm mentioning all these wonderful authors in this episode. This one is Kurt Vonnegut, one of my favorites. And Vonnegut wrote in his 2005 essay collection, which was called A Man Without a Country, quote, The arts are not a way to make a living. They are a very human way of making life more bearable. Practicing an art, no matter how well or badly, is a way to make your soul grow for heaven's sake. Unquote. I love the mention of these two key, very tangible benefits of writing, making life more bearable, which is one of the things we've been talking about in this episode, and making one's soul grow. Frankly, 
anything that can make those two things happen, sign me up, even if it's hard, which it inevitably will be at times. The good news, though, as Vonnegut points out, is that writing does tend to make those things happen. And I would argue that the more we write, the more those things happen. It doesn't mean life will necessarily get easier, though we may, and I do think this is true, become more resilient when things are tough. It also doesn't mean that we will feel the difficult changes less intensely, though, in my own experience, we might feel them in a way that is sort of tempered with more wisdom, more perspective, more kindness toward ourselves, as long as we're willing to pay attention. Well, that's about it for today. I hope this episode has been helpful to you in some way. I also hope you'll continue to tune in every Monday as we explore how to find your writing groove, regardless of your circumstances. Thanks for listening and take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Groovy Writer Podcast. You can connect with the podcast on my website at nicolemcinnis.com and on Instagram at thegroovywriter. The intro and outro music is Retro by Wayne Jones. Until next time, write on, Groovy Writers. Write on.